Okay, folks, we're back on the Adam Roosevelt Show. We're still in Season 1, Episode 2. So happy to be with you all. It really is a pleasure uh, to be able to engage the American people. Today's interesting conversation will be about my presidential appointment campaign that I launched and the world thought I had lost my mind. But let me give you some intricate details about really what was going on behind the Iron Curtain of my plan to effectively become the youngest assistant secretary in history. And for those of you who do not know what that is, that is essentially a person who makes some very significant decisions as an officer of the United States of America. A great deal of influence, a great deal of insight, and a great deal of oversight of the decisions that the country makes. So the first crazy thing that I did that people were harshing me on and they kept saying, what in the world is this young guy doing? Well, with the age of technology, I figured why not develop an application that was in a video format that would have allowed the president to see me. Of course, it's difficult to work at the White House. It's difficult to reach the president. But today, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, there seems to be unlimited possibility to reach anyone around the world. You know, presidents, senators, secretaries, staff members, all the above. So I had this crazy idea. I said, I can create this video behind a resolute desk, just like one of those political figures with the two flags and the eagles at the top. And I'm sure that that would be a great theme. I had a great camera crew. They were fantastic. They set the whole room up. The backdrop was nice. And I literally got on camera and asked the president of the United States, at the time, Donald J. Trump, to hire me, consider me to be an assistant secretary. I mean, it went it went all over the Internet. You know, we were able to get a lot of attention. We sponsored it. We had to definitely do that. You all know you got to put money where your mouth is. So we put some some cash flow into that. And um, I was going after the assistant secretary role for cyber infrastructure resiliency at the Department of Homeland Security. Again, I say this proudly. Some folks thought I had lost my mind. What they did not know was that I was a government contractor at the Department of Homeland Security, working there for a few years, overseeing national security programs. I was very in-depth with a lot of the programs that was going on. I was managing them. I was overseeing a pretty large team, working with U.S. Customs and Border Patrol, Secret Service, USCIS, that's the Citizen Immigration Services, and also the members in the intelligence community. So... A lot of folks had thought that because of youth and age that I had not put time in, you know, as a previous warfighter, you know, I was already on the battlefield twice, uh, but I came and used those skills to kind of get more integrated with the American homeland mission. Um, so, but a lot of people didn't know that, but that's fine. So I said, man, what can I do to increase the chances? Well, I had started looking at this book. I'm going to call it the Black Book. It's really called the Plum Book, and that's the U.S. government book that has all these positions. For all the listeners out there who have never heard of this book, you can Google it. It will give you every position in the United States government, all the way up to the secretary, all the way down to the lowest man in the government. And essentially what happens is it's the list of positions in the government that Normally get earmarked out to the big donors first, you know, maybe some friends of the family, the lobbying groups that have sons and daughters, the coach brothers and foundations and all those other guys who were in line. Uh, they were ahead of me for sure. But I still said, why not? Why not compete? I'm a military guy. We don't take no for an answer. We kick indoors. We do what we got to do. And um, so picture this young guy at 26 years old. 
saying to the government that he wanted to be an assistant secretary on camera. They thought I had lost my mind. But anyway, I uh, started doing my research and I found out about these White House liaisons. I said, what, what is that? Liaison means something that uh, makes sense to me, represents the White House. Well, apparently they got these guys all spread out, guys, girls, whatever. They're all spread out throughout the government. They got White House liaisons over at State Department, over at the FBI. And these guys really are responsible for being gatekeepers. You know, you get an interview with those guys, you, you increase your chances. But how much? Who knows? You can't measure that. They go in and they go out. They rotate these guys. It's it's an unpredictable situation, but you got to talk to those guys. Those are the ones you got to speak to. So I got in contact with the White House liaison. Wow. They actually answered my phone call. I said, that's pretty crazy. I, you know, interestingly enough, I never mentioned the video. I left that out. I figured they'd get that in the uh, the due diligence report. So I got asked to submit a, uh, a form. You know, it's called an SKC form, SES form, like senior executive staff. You know, the government guys out there who knows what senior executive staff is. I mean, that's pretty serious. So my dream was starting to look a little bit real. I said, man, all right, I can fill this out. They asked me for all this information. I provided it to them. You know, I had a pretty good resume for a Republican, conservative, ran for office, supported Donald Trump, did all the things I was supposed to do, and um, sat. Sat for a while, actually. I said, well, I guess, I don't know, a couple months went by, maybe one or two so I got anxious. So I said, all right, what do I got to do to bolster up my credentials? I really thought the criteria wasn't just being a conservative. It was that when they asked you for the financial statements, that the financial statements would reflect a lot of money. I thought that that was the game. I thought it was all pay to play. I thought it was a little bit of relationships. I thought it was a little bit of recommendations. So I did the above. I went after a job while working in the job to negotiate a higher contract just so I could tell the government that I was making a quarter of a million dollars. That way that they would know I was equivalent to a pay of an SES. The first thing I accomplished. What a successful transition. That was beautiful. Now I had that check mark. Second check mark. I said, hmm, what else do I need? I need some letters and recommendation. I was watching all the secretaries interview in front of Congress, the United States Senate Committee on Homeland Security and Government Affairs. I was watching those guys. They all had these packaged up letters of recommendations from four-star retired generals and secretaries of defenses and all of the politicians in the game. And I said, I've got to do that. So I'll say on the record that I was successful in getting Governor George Allen's endorsement. I was successful in getting Governor Jim Gilmore's endorsement. I was successful in getting a few members in the intelligence community, some assistant secretaries um, to support and back me on this particular push. And they actually went as far as writing a letter to the president. I thought it was very, very powerful. I said, wow, I really appreciate that. They really went out on a limb for me and uh, they entrusted in me some things. So I finally got a call back. I was sending those emails back and forth. The resumes were getting sent with updates with those letters because those letters look good. And uh, I got I got told um you know, we're still considering you and so forth. So I said to hell with this. I'm going to take my career into my hands. And this is what trailblazers do. Regardless if you win or lose in this political game, you've got to do something different, something unique, something that you tell the other person. They will not be the reason why you do not win. I took that package, printed it off. I looked up every single member on the United States Senate Committee on Homeland Security and Government Affairs to include Democrats, and I wrote letters to every single member in the Senate that was on that committee, as well as every single person in the lower body chamber of Congress to go and engage those members as well in the House. 
I literally had never been to the Capitol, never been to the Capitol to go to see any members of Congress. I had a briefcase. I had over 30, 40 packages ready to hand out to every single senator, congresswoman that I would get my hands on. And I went to Rubio's office, Senator Kamala Harris's, uh, Kamala Harris's office. I mean, I went around that entire Capitol building. You know, the Rayburn building, getting lost, going back and forth. I got my best workout on Capitol Hill trying to advocate for me to be an assistant secretary. And, um, you know, I had a few people stop me while while I was in there. You know, it's amazing when you go in and the staff hear something like, you know, you're an interested candidate in being a um, assistant secretary. And I was just in in the building and I wanted to drop this packet off and the packet was well done. One interesting thing I came across, this was during the time when Chris Collins was getting wrapped up for. Um, you know, some criminal activity. So I had to strike his his name from the record, but I even went as far as writing it on my typewriter. Yes, guys, young guys do still have typewriters. I thought it would give a nice little look to the application. Um, long story short, we finished that up and uh, we didn't get the role. And um, that's okay. But what they learned about me and what I learned about myself was that I was not willing to take no for an answer. It was an interesting situation and the advice that I would give to the young up-and-coming leaders in politics and so forth is that no matter who tells you that you can't do it no matter who tells you that you know it's not possible nobody can ever tell you that the rules are set in stone sometimes they are but the reality is there's ways to work in between the lines and to find new ways to do things and um, you should do that you should challenge the system you should represent yourself in your most cases and don't wait 40 years for someone to give you the approval life will pass you by because at some point in time years from now you will look back and you will say i did something different i challenged the system i didn't fall in with the group with the majority i stayed as an independent yeah i had organized coalitions and friends that i respected and they were important but the most important thing that you'll get from this message today from the intricate details that i just gave you about that process that i wasn't successful in is how far was i willing to go and how far are you willing to go because the reason that i was anchored on doing this so much wasn't because of just what the outside view was on fanfare and the illusionary viewpoint of He's doing it for power and influence. But guess what? Take into account that I was a war fighter. I believed in this country. I went to war for it. I almost died. My friends died. I gave blood to the soldiers who are still in those graves in Arlington Cemetery. And you'll be remiss to understand the point that I've made about the military soldiers who sacrificed their families, their limbs, their bodies. And the reason why we would do this and go as far as we can, because we know that we're carrying the reputation of America on our backs. The blueprint is in the bloodline of the military. And I believe as long as we carry that, the one percenters, and yes, we have civilian counterpart to contribute, but I'm just focusing on the veterans as a veteran who's been to war in Afghanistan. The reason why I did that presidential appointment campaign was for the American people. And we're going to continue on that path and we're going to continue being vocal and we're going to continue giving the truth about what's happening behind the scenes. But there is no task that's impossible. We will reach that goal no matter how far it is and no matter what it takes. So most importantly, I am thankful to the American people. I'm thankful for you all for listening. But that's my story on the presidential appointment campaign. And I really look forward to working with all of you. 
And again, this is the Adam Roosevelt Show. We're going to be airing out on Mondays and Fridays. So stay tuned. Follow, share, like. And there's also a link to donate. We love you. We appreciate you. And as always, God bless America.